Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Tommy Ashley and Dewey Burt post game Carolina's 78 59 win over Syracuse. And I guess it's round two or the second round of the ACC tournament. Setting up Carolina's meeting with Miami tomorrow night, about 9 30, 10 o'clock. Dewey, just overall impressions of the ball game? I thought we were really good in spurts. We guarded much more attentive on that end of the ball after the first call it 10 minutes when they made a bunch of threes. After that, I thought we locked in and we're just active enough and didn't overhelp on the three-point shooters, which was important for us. And offensively, the ball moved crisply, except for a little lull in the second half. I was pretty pleased with the way we played offensively. We didn't shoot it great, but the ball moved well, got to Theo at the high post area where he was absolutely brilliant tonight. And I thought he was the key. I mean, he really controlled the game at times on both ends. He was all over the backboard. He was distributing, scored the basketball himself. And then the final thing I'll say is it was nice to see us get out in transition. We haven't been out and running quite as much as really at all this year compared to what we've done in the past, but especially the last three, four games, we haven't run quite as much. So good to see us get out on the break. Kenny got some easy ones and we pushed the pace against a team that we knew would be tired. So thought all in all, we played well and, 20-point win in the ACC tournament, nothing to complain about. I thought uh, Carolina was engaged more defensively than they have been in a while. And you look at Howard in Battle stat line, 4 for 18 for Howard, 4 for 21 for Tyus Battle. I mean, Syracuse is not winning anything when those guys play that way. But I thought Carolina was as active out there. Uh, Gave up a few to Brissett, but as active, especially on the perimeter, as I've seen them at least, you know, since maybe before the Miami loss. I agree. And I also felt like we took the fight to them a little bit on that end of the floor with our aggressiveness guarding the ball and a little bit more pressure on the ball than we've displayed recently. Not just sitting back and letting the offense dictate how we're going to try to guard them and react to it. We were a little bit more aggressive. Coach called for a couple traps there in the second or in the I should say the second part of the first half that both worked really well, got a couple of turnovers and they weren't ready for it. So that kind of thing can also help, you know, trying to increase the pressure and the pace and get some traps and easy baskets, which is what happened. But I agree with you. I thought we were just better than we've been. They did get a little tired, but if you pressure guys that have something gone in their legs, eventually they're going to get frustrated. And you saw that out of Syracuse. I thought, uh, Kenny was really good defensively. I thought Joel, even though he had not a great game offensively, was pretty good on the defensive end, pressuring the ball and just being aggressive. And uh, we took care of the backboard as well. So, again, I think they were tired, but I was happy with how how we played defensively for pretty much the whole game, except for that first maybe five, six minutes. And if we had shot the ball a little bit better, we could have won this thing by a 30-plus. We just didn't shoot it great. Yeah, looking at Joel Berry, and I agree with you. I thought he and Kenny Williams were great. Their hands were very active today on defense and didn't give up any easy passes, really. A lot of folks think defense is all about preventing people from shooting, but speak to that before I go into the individual players. I mean, if you get your hands in the passing lanes, it makes it awfully tough for an offense to run effectively. Yeah, just active hands is what you're talking about. I mean, it's easier – as a defender to just have your arm down 
right? It doesn't take as much effort, but the more active your hands can be occupying the eyes of the guy with the ball, that's your whole task is coach Williams always gets frustrated. If you ever see us give up a lob over top of the defense or a backdoor pass, one of the first things he looks at is what happened to the ball pressure and your job as the guy guarding the ball is number one to contain penetration, but number two is to try and occupy his eyes with active hands. And the more active you are, the more uncomfortable the guy with the ball is going to be, and he's going to have less of an opportunity to see what his teammates are doing, look to create something or watch the play as it's being developed if you're bothering him and occupying his eyes. So we did a better job of that, I agree. Joel especially, really aggressive on the ball. Maybe perhaps he didn't feel like he was impacting the game offensively as much as he typically does. So he was able to impact it in another way which was great. So, again, those two guys, for me, their activity level, like you said, and active hands was key. Let's talk about how Carolina attacked the zone. I mean, I've always felt like if you could shoot a 10- to 15-foot jumper, you'd score 25 a night against Syracuse's zone. But Carolina really doesn't go at it that way. They sort of pass underneath Syracuse's zone rather than over the top that you'll see some teams attack it. But in doing that, Conversely, Syracuse is not very active with their hands, and Carolina was able to get plenty of entry passes to the foul line, entry passes to the low post. Just speak to how they've gotten pretty good, and Roy Williams teaches it really well to attack a zone, especially with Syracuse, a team that's not as long as they've been in the past. Well, I think that's the key, what you just said, is inherently their defense, the matchup zone, is, in my opinion, really a lazy way to play defensively and when they've been really good they've just had ridiculous length so guys didn't have to move that far to cover their area and just would make you shoot deep shots over a guy with a seven foot wingspan they're not as long as they have been when they've been really good and if you can move the ball crisply and have good interior passing you can chew them up and that's what i thought we did i thought from the foul line down the short corner passes plays like when Joel went baseline and hit Cam for that three, just stuff that can happen below the free throw line is going to give them trouble. If, if you pass the ball east-west, up above, higher than the foul line, that's what they want. They want you throwing over-the-top passes that they can react to while the ball is in the air. If you go downhill at them and get the ball into the middle, and then the next pass is, is that dump down that you saw where Sterling got a couple buckets, Luke got the ball down low, even one pass went to Andrew, then went to Luke for a bucket. Uh, and then you saw Theo a couple times catch it and look opposite. That's what Coach teaches. He talks about the rotation of the bigs in and around that painted area and getting up to the free throw line, and your first look is low and then opposite. And you saw Theo in that little play they broke down, at least on the ESPN coverage that I had, and Lafonso Ellis was talking about Theo caught it at the foul line, and they tracked his eyes. He first looked low, wasn't open. Then he looked for a skip opposite for a shooter. And then the low, the middleman in the zone never stepped up, so he just turned and shot that little 12-footer that he made early in the second half. So that's what Coach teaches. And with Theo's vision and his ability and his, his, you know, his penchant to be a willing passer, like we've talked about, not being afraid to take risks, when he's on and, and making the right plays, he's the perfect type of guy to chew his own apart. I'll confess, I watched the ACC Network version tonight. I usually listen to the ESPN version, but I had to watch it with Wes Durham on there um, calling the game after, of course, Woody passed earlier today or last night. So it was 
it was a throwback for me to listen to West Durham and Dan Bonner do an ACC basketball game. So anyway, on that, let's talk about Joel Berry. Now, a lot of people are saying Joel Berry's got to start hitting shots, and I agree he does, but Carolina scored eight. He scored eight points, and Carolina wins by 19. That can't really hold uh, much further in this conference tournament, especially your opinion on his play. Now, I know we mentioned in post-Duke um, earlier this week that the block shot by Marvin Bagley really affected him in that game. Do you think there's a carry over there? Do you think he's just maybe pressing some? I, I'm not worried about that guy. I'm just being honest with you. I think he'll bounce right back. He's had a couple subpar games. I, I expect him to play great tomorrow night against Miami, just like he did a week ago against Miami. I think he'll be great. It's just He's too good a player to play for him what would be subpar games three games in a row that's my expectation not worried about that guy i just think that uh we should be encouraged by getting out in transition kenny was great got some easy buckets made some open shots theo was fantastic as a creator and a facilitator we got good minutes off the bench from sterling i'm not worried about joel berry you know if he has another poor game tomorrow night then maybe there's something to it i'm just not i'm not ready to worry about him not right now that's about as plain as you can be. And I tend to agree with you. Two for nine tonight, two for seven on three-pointers. I think he hit his last two threes. Um, Let's look ahead now. Carolina hadn't been in a situation where they've played four games in four days in this ACC tournament. But from today to tomorrow, it's no different than any other tournament aside from the late start. So what does the team do the rest of the night um, and then getting into tomorrow to prepare for another game that's 9.30 or 10 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, it's a late night. I mean, it's obviously midnight on the East Coast, and they're definitely still at the arena right now, probably doing media and getting showered up. They probably won't get out of there until quarter one, and they'll go back to the hotel and have dinner, and they'll watch some clips that the uh, coaches will have prepared on Miami. That'll be the first of several times they'll watch those clips, so they guys won't go to bed until probably after 2 o'clock. So I would expect a late, late breakfast, maybe 11, 11.30, and then games are all day, so they might figure out somewhere else to go do shoot-around, maybe to go to the New York Athletic Club or somewhere in Brooklyn and, and get a few shots up, I would expect, and then mostly just stay off their feet, get a couple meals, and, and get ready to go again. You know, they're going to have plenty of recovery time in terms of hours, you know, roughly 22, but uh, – Tonight's a late night. Now, college kids never go to bed anyway, so it might feel just about right to them. But uh, hopefully they can get home and get, get some rest, get hydrated, and get off their feet because there were some guys that, that did play maybe more minutes than I thought they would have. He subbed guys early. He got Theo a good rest in the first half, got Joel a good rest in the first half. But Syracuse made a run right when it probably could have been stretched to a 25-28 point lead. They got all the way down to nine. So – he probably had to pay, play some guys in the second half a little bit more than he wanted, but you got to win the one that you're playing first. So I think they'll be all right. The, the game you start to feel fatigue is that third one and that fourth one. Tomorrow night, I think they'll be fine. Looking to Miami, of course, uh, Newton hit the shot to beat Carolina in the Smith Center. Uh, any thought in these guys' minds, you think, about that game? about any kind of revenge or redemption. I know Roy Williams said he didn't hear anything about redemption last year until Phoenix, but your thoughts on the team's mindset getting to play Miami again so soon after that ball game last week in Smith Center. 
I mean, on the one hand, you can try to tell yourself that, hey, these guys had to hit a 40-footer to beat us. We're better than them. Let's go prove it. But on the other hand, it wasn't that long ago, and they remember that you give up 91 points, you're not going to beat anybody. And they shot the absolute hell out of the ball against us. I think they shot 50% from three, if I can remember, in that game, and 55 58% or something crazy from the field. So if they're thinking about anything, they need to think about guarding better and bring the attentiveness they brought tonight and just be more aggressive. You know, historically, we've always played our 22 defense, which meant ball pressure and denying every pass on the wings, and we would help on the drive and recover. And we've obviously amended that, especially in the second half of the season, playing more 21, which has been ball pressure and not denying every pass, kind of being a little bit more engaged on the penetration early so you could recover. Well, that doesn't mean we can't be aggressive still playing 21. We still should be better on ball pressure. We should be more aggressive on pick and rolls, depending on how we're going to play them, and then finish the possession with a rebound. We just, uh, if we let them shoot the ball and carve us up and get every shot they want offensively, like they did at the Smith Center last week, we're going to be going home. Kellen holds Syracuse to 31.7% shooting, just 35% from three-point range. They'll need that tomorrow against Miami. That game, 9.30 or so from the Barclays Arena in Brooklyn. Dewey, I appreciate you joining me here. It's late night for me, not so bad for you. Uh, But let's do it again tomorrow night if we can. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.